official Forbes Feed Podcast, and I am Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face, and with me, always, is Mr. Nick Valdez. Tex! Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, we have the third annual Goldies Awards for uh, you know, 2024. Yes, 2023. I love it! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're officially saying goodbye to 2023 and all the movies we had and good and bad, right? Uh, so. yes. yes, good and bad. That's the best way to put it because there were a lot of bad ones and there were some hits. Um, and we were just talking off air before we get into it. A lot of the hits came in the second half of the year. Yes. So, you know, it was an interesting year. You know, we're going to recap it as best as possible for you guys. So let's start it off, Tex. What's the first one we got for these folks today? I'd say let's do let's do best production. Ooh, so good. best production is uh, our award for this is the way we do things here at the Goldies, for those who don't know, is that we lump uh, movies and TV shows together because it's what we cover here at the morgue. Yes. And best production is basically our all encompassing one of like directing, writing, visual effects, camera yes. work. Like exactly. we, we does it we look good? Does it sound yes. good? Does it? make you want to pay for it you know yes yes this is our award uh just for being a like a movie right (laughs) (laughs) for being a a successful movie executing um everything the proper way um not missing a beat script wise look wise cgi wise practical wise casting wise you know um, yes all that stuff um so 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 First way to start yeah. it is the first of our nominees is Barbie. Barbie is here because, you know, uh, there's no, like, you can't tell me that the movie doesn't look good. The Agreed. movie doesn't have a good cast. You can't tell me that, like, yeah, we might argue, like, some of the writing or whatever at some points, but it's just like, when you look at the whole package, you can't tell me that it's not a Barbie movie. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's uh, just, yeah. it's so well done. Like, I 100% um, agree, Tex. 100% agree. Also, because, what did we expect from a Barbie movie? Not what we got, right? Um, right, uh, absolutely. Especially being a, a, a big uh, toy IP, you know, from a toy company. Um, so I'm I'm very happy with what we got visually. Um, it looked great on screen. It was very colorful. It was very appealing. Everyone looked great. They did a great job with uh, mimicking the whole I'm a doll thing, especially in the beginning, how they just dropped yes. everything, you know. So um, it looked good. It got the... Uh, the point across, right? Yes, same. The uh, same goes for our second nominee, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. So you know, uh, unfortunately, it's probably no longer Part One. I think they're just calling it Dead Reckoning because whenever Mission Impossible Eight comes out, it'll just be whatever the new title is. It won't be a Part Two because you know because of the strikes and all everything that happened. But yeah, a lot of change. This movie itself, like it's. It's a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movie. So, you know, it kind of has to be nominated on just street cred alone. But like, thankfully, there are like huge sequences. The, the, the train sequence alone is kind of like, that's probably the most imaginative action scene that we got in 2023 overall. Yeah. I mean, it was stunning. It was epic, right? Um, yes. uh, I just wish with, uh, 
with this one in particular, it's just an overall gripe. If you go back to our episode on Mission Impossible, we do speak about it, how we just wish we we got the full story, right? Because there was so yes. much here. And we're like, oh, my God, if we got this, imagine in the third act, right? So yes. because this was only part one. So it looked great, man. Tom Cruise, again, you know, doing the thing, knowing where to put his uh, his money, right? Um, yeah. You, yeah. Of, you uh, you would. Yes, exactly. Speaking of, speaking of money, right? Yeah, speaking of money, um, just real quick. Speaking of Tom Cruise, he's he's going over to WB. So let's see if you know that translates to more franchises or something like that. But the man knows how to pick his um his team, right? He knows how right. to pick yes. the a cinematographer, the proper director, every proper agent involved to make everything look good, right? Um, yes. and yeah. So and, and speaking of looking good, right, Tex. Let's go to this next one over here from our friends all the way out east, all right, or west, depending on where you live, all right? Um, <laughs> Godzilla minus one. We knew about this movie um, months before it came here to uh, the States, right? And we knew that the budget wasn't this crazy Hollywood budget we see um, uh, um, everywhere, especially with the American Godzillas, right? So the fact right. that we got this visually stunning movie for that like maybe a, a half the budget or something or two-thirds of the budget of the american ones was definitely um something to behold and something to recommend um we praised this movie when we spoke about it on our cast uh, several episodes ago and just overall man the look of godzilla right the look of yes. of of just the environment the sea of the ships in the sea everything combined well looked great man i can't say enough about this movie because of just what it was able to accomplish with the amount of uh of budget it had because we've seen what they can do um here in america with this crazy budget remember king of the monsters right remember right. you know remember that fiasco that tragedy of a movie right um so right. this one being you know straight from the motherland over there toho was like yo we're not really gonna mess around here we're gonna just deliver this and show you exactly what's up you know yeah and right so moving on with the nominations uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem it's it, you know it's an animated movie and like yeah we had a lot of strong animated contenders last year you know you had across the spider-verse you had elemental super mario brothers movie but in terms of like I don't know, this one just felt fresh, right? Like this one had that Spider Verse effect from years ago that it just feels like a new thing. And for the turtles, that's especially impressive because we've seen so many different kinds of turtles movies, seen so many different turtles that the fact that they were able to make one that looks so distinct and was so well done and like they, they're starting a universe with this with like a series and all sequels, all sorts of things. And when you see the movie, you see why. Like, and so for that, it had to get the production nomination. Yeah. And the, yeah. the same goes for, uh, Talk to Me, which is the final of the nominations for best production. Talk to Me. In terms of horror movies, you're, you're going to hear talk to me a lot in our conversation today. You know, just, just as a heads up, uh, for these nominations, talk to me. Uh, the, it's another one where, you know, you, it's clear they did a lot with a little. Like when you think of like, there's so much energy put into how this movie's made that it's just kind of impressive. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. that's why it ultimately had to get the nom. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, just real quick before we give you guys the winner of this one, just to go back to the Turtles movie, man, um, I definitely um, think back how impressive text that movie looked, right? Right. H how good it looked on screen, how 
how innovative the animation looked. We I remember seeing the teaser trailer and seeing the trailer and we were like, wow, this looks really good. And the fact that they were able to keep that up the entire course of the movie and give us these awesome looking animations um, different from what we were used to. This is exactly why it was nominated. Um, and in Talk to Me, it's the same example, right? When we see, yes, it's uh, it has its standard horror stuff in it, but it's here specifically for those moments of horror, right? The moments when... Mm -hmm. They're shaking the hand and then they get into this trance and everything. It looked good. It was all practical. On second watch, it still looks great. Um, it's very impactful. Um, and this is why that movie is um, on this um, on this list as well. Um, and I just realized I messed up uh, Texas Flow over here. But, yeah, it's but, okay. Ultimately, I, <laughs> ultimately, the winner is Godzilla Minus One. Yes. Congratulations to Godzilla Minus One for best production. It's like what Arturo said, yeah. basically uh, – it, it kind of it's just impressive like when you see that atomic heat blast scene just that kind of scene alone sticks with you and when you like it's just it's just impressive yeah. I, I think that's yeah. the only Agreed. way to really cement that right and yeah for that scene alone and for many others it, it wins the best production award so congratulations to godzilla minus one yeah that's the best uh, the best example of getting the best bang for your buck when it comes to budget yes yeah. absolutely. so moving on tex moving on let's keep it rolling yes so moving on our next award is for best ensemble now ensemble is the just the, the cast the yes. the cast itself the group and we we feel like we had to honor it because you know yeah we we do have our actors and actresses nominations coming up but you know the rest of the crew works hard the rest of the cast can work hard right and yeah, so absolutely just to, 1000%. just to highlight this uh, the first nomination is for once again teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem it's here because those turtles man i that it's such a strong voice cast and those turtles the, the bacon, egg, and cheese scene is probably the most, <laughs> like, the hardest I've laughed in, like, I think last year overall. Just, yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, it's just, they felt so natural. And then you got the villains who are also, like, a full ensemble, too. And it's just, when everyone was interacting with one another, it's just kind of, like, it felt good. Like, it yeah. just it just feels good. And that's what yeah. we want from a good ensemble. And speaking of feeling good, it's the same for our next nominee, of, um, once again, in Godzilla minus one, you had a caster that just felt good. It was a very, yes. very wholesome cast too, from the captain to the helper on the ship of the captain to the doctor and everything. It had every kind of character you want from a Godzilla movie and from your big budget action movie, you know, um, and everything gelled very well. And this is why it's on here because every little piece was needed to make that movie a success. Yes, totally agree. And it's the same for Wonka. Wonka, you know, musicals can, you know, can really go one way or the other. But what, what held Wonka together was that main core group of the, you know, the scrubbers, right? And it's for that that we're getting in, giving them the nomination because it's yeah. just not only was it a fun group of actors, but each of them knew what they had to do and did it. Like, I, yes. I know that doesn't sound like the biggest compliment in the world, but, no, it, but it's it true really though, is. right? Like, yeah. Okay. So, the scrubbers as well as well as our heels, right? Our bad guys in the movie. Yes. All, all yes. three of these, like of these chocolate tycoons, right? They were they were awesome, you know. From yes. uh, the one who gagged every time the word poor, you know, was said to you know to uh, um, uh, 
which is worth uh, the main the main Slugworth guy. Yeah, Slugworth, who was, like, right? Like so slimy, right? Like he, he, he was, he's so good at like yes. being he looked, just a he jerk. Oozed, he oozed slime, you know. To the yeah, other dude, yeah. I forgot his name. He was hilarious. The guy from uh, the Baking Show. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, he was great too. So, um, um, on top of that too, um, the the bed and breakfast people as well. You know, these characters all very a caricature type of characters, right? They played very well together and made this movie a success, honestly, because um, the people were just kind of, you know, kind of crapping on this movie, and it was not that way at all. I think this cast made this very watchable. Hugh Grant as well, right, as the Oompa Loompa, you know? Yeah. Like, it was even, fun, man. Like, it was fun. Even if reports came out that he hated himself in it or whatever, like, you Well, I you loved you tell. in it, Hugh like, Grant. He, you can hate yourself yeah. all you want in any role you want, but you were fantastic as the Oompa Loompa. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching job. you recline back and forth in that scene, so... <laughs> yes, and uh, the next nominee in this list is the only TV show nominated for this category. Yeah, it's yeah. Fubar. Yeah, Fubar. Like so, Arturo and I like just a little peek behind uh, under the sheet here. Yes. It's we we really kind of like we were going through lots of TV shows and going, okay, the ensemble, which one really stuck out? And honestly, it, when we landed on Fubar, we were like, oh, that's that's a surprise. But yeah, like yes, when you think about it, it's just kind of like. It's it starts off like kind of rough to be honest, but it's one of those shows that once you get by the end of it, I'm like, man, I love everybody in this. <laughs> yeah, um, especially because um, it wasn't an Arnold centric, you know, kind of uh, um, uh, story, you know. Um, yes, yes. Arnold wasn't the one carrying this thing. Arnold needed all the support he could get from from. The supporting cast, you know, from his daughter yes. and from the other agents, which, you know, and all put together made this show actually pretty darn successful, right? And out of nowhere, too, we were like, oh, boy, what is all this? Especially after the first episode, as Tex mentioned, it was a little rough. But then after we got to know the cast and after the chemistry kind of just started, you know, going, it was just rolled on. And I can't wait to see season two. Yes. So uh, the final nominee in this list is Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle, you know, it's one of the final DCEU movies. <laughs> you know, uh, it's one of the things. It's funny that one of these movies actually made it on this nominations list in general. Yeah, right. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> one of them scrapped. Yeah, but you know, listen, though, it was it was a conversation that I was really yes. had um, off the air um, about this um, category in particular because there were a lot of places where we could have gone here and some of the nominees didn't even make it to the list. You know, yes. you know some of them that we actually had aren't even here. We're not even talking about them because um, we had to weigh in exactly how um, important was the cast for this, right? And um, yes. in Blue Beetle, uh, for instance, if you go back to our episode of Blue Beetle from over the summer, um, it, it, we we stated how everything was kind of, you know, pieced well together in order to give us this successful Marvel movie. I mean, I'm sorry, DC movie. Um, and one that we actually kind of needed, right? DC needed a win, honestly. And this was surprisingly good. It was successful. It had that family stuff to it because of the cast, right, Tex? Yes, the cast is so, like, gelled together and such an integral part of the movie's fabric that, like, if any of the cast members didn't work in the family, the movie wouldn't have worked. And because of that, because of so much is riding on their shoulders to make this movie succeed, ultimately, it's also why we gave it the win. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, spoilers, yeah. uh, you know, congratulations to Blue Beetle for winning Best Ensemble. Yes, the, I love it! 
<laughs> for winning the Goldie. But yes, when we really went down to it, all these other movies on the list, you know, they they succeed in other ways that you know help it along. But Blue Beetle was, yeah, production. It looked it looked good and like and all that stuff. But if the if the core family didn't work, the movie did not work. One thousand because the. Yeah, and because the ensemble works so well, the movie works as well as it does. And for yeah. that, like, we just kind of – we you kind of have to give it the award. Yeah, and and we went on record um, uh, uh, to say on the Blue Beetle cast that we did that this, this character would not work by itself if you move him to a different story. He kind of needs yes. that in the background in order for that dynamic to really work and for him to really work as a, a character because it was all about his family, right? Um, it was yes. all about you know a, a keeping his family together, being there for his family. And this is why um, we decided to give this movie the award because um, without this cast, um, specifically the family – George Lopez, including George Lopez, which I was not a fan of until this movie, you know? Right, um, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have had such a successful summer blockbuster. My kids enjoyed it. My wife loved it. Um, and it had that really, like, impactful core of characters that you really kind of um, you sided with. You know what I mean? You felt for them. You empathized with them, especially when they lost their patriarch and all that stuff. So congratulations, Blue Beetle. Awesome. Great job. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, so moving on with the next of the tw- the third annual Goldies is best performance by an actor. This is kind of self-explanatory. This is the award to highlight the singular main actor performance in, you know, in movies or TV. But uh, our nominations are strictly movies here in this category because that's what, you know, that's yeah. what the, the strength of the category was. Uh, yeah, and absolutely. first. First, we'll start with the first nomination. It's, uh, is it Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy, uh, for Oppenheimer? I think it's Killian. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Killian. I I Googled it and I was like, how do you say this? Cause I love this ever (laughs) since 28 days later. Um, yes. Yeah, it's Killian. So. And he continues that hot streak with Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is another one of those movies that could have been nominated for ensemble, you know, due to just how many people are in this and yes. how many, how many, how well they work together and all that stuff. But honestly, you, you can't do Oppenheimer without Oppenheimer himself, right? Yeah, and correct. I, yeah, Agreed. like. <laughs> And I know Robert Downey Jr. is currently getting, like, the buzz around his performance. He was very good as well, yes. He was very good, but Killian Murphy, man, like, just, it's one of those things where I know, like, the final scene of the movie where he's just kind of dead staring out into space became a meme. Yeah. You need that great actor to pull that kind of look off, you know, right? Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's been, um, it's been, his career, right, has been culminating to this point right he's finally getting that real recognition like he's known amongst people who know film and you know hollywood you know he's known i'm like oh of course this guy you go to this guy you're good you know but yeah he's one of those he's one of those when you see him in something you're like oh it's probably a good thing i'm really glad that he's getting his his due flowers now man because this guy's awesome in like in everything that he does (laughs) so kudos to killian um, let's, uh, next up though, you know, one of my favorite characters on a Vespa, right? The one and <laughs> yeah. only Pope's exorcist, Russell 
bro, listen, the, the only reason right. this movie is even brought up, it's because of his performance as the Pope's exorcist, right? Like, if it wasn't for him actually, like, digging in and making this a real character, making this something you actually want to see, like, hey, I want to see what this guy's doing, you know what I mean? Go back to this guy. Um, this movie would have been worse than it was. The story wasn't that good, but... Again, we keep talking about it because Russell Crowe, right? So um, I really enjoyed his performance as uh, the Pope's exorcist, and I hope we get more. I need more of him on a Vespa, you know what I mean? And I need a picnic basket on that Vespa next time, too. Yeah, it sounds like a, a joke nomination, but kind of like it, it's one of those things where you just—it's a performance that you just kind of have to nominate. It's the same for Ryan Gosling and Barbie, who's our third nominee. At Ryan Gosling, he's kind of getting his awards nominations because of how good he is. But yeah, I I do want to nom- highlight him here because he kind of steals the show. <laughs> Ken is um Ken awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, he's, uh, yeah. Again, this is another actor who um, uh, I've been a fan of for a long time uh, since his days in, uh, in uh, he as a substitute teacher in Half Nelson and then his days in Lars <laughs> and the Real Girl, you know? Um, so right. he's been around for a while, man. Even uh, which one? He did one with uh, Sandra Bullock, Murder by Numbers or something like that, like, like yes. years ago. Um, so he's been around for a while. Um, and what is the craziest thing about this nomination text is that playing Kent, right? Like, um, he's he's been known to be a very serious actor, to pick his roles very kind of, you know, um, he's very choosy with his roles, very picky. Um, so I'm very glad to see him step out of his, you know, indie shell and do some stuff that, you know, more people can actually appreciate his work in, you know? Um, and this is why he's on this list, because he was he was awesome. He was kind of awesome. Right. <laughs> so uh, the biggest surprise on this list, though, is uh, Joel, Joel Kinnaman in Silent Night. So Silent Night is one of those movies that definitely went, went and left. You know, it came and left. Uh, you know, it's John Woo's newest movie in, like, forever – but Joel Kinnaman, you kind of have to, it's all on his shoulders. Like it quite literally is all on his shoulders. Yeah. And he doesn't say a word, uh, beyond like the first few minutes. I, I even think like in those first few minutes, he's probably close to silent. Like I think, yeah, I think it's even taken even further. I don't even think he has a line in the movie. Um, yeah, which is, which is doubly as impressive yeah, as the fact exactly. that like he, he manages to pull off not saying a word in a movie. Like and this is why the fact um, he, he's here, right? Tex? Like he, yes, because yeah. he has no dialogue because he has no um, uh, major words to say in this movie, no monologues, none of that stuff. It's all physical acting, um, uh, which honestly, I didn't think he was capable of. Um, um, but, you know, he surprised the hell out of me in this one, man. And this is why he's on this list because without him, this movie couldn't work. Um, it had his plot holes. The villains weren't really that great. Um, but you know, Kinnaman kept this thing together and kept it watchable, man. This is why he's here. Yes. Yes, the same goes for Zac Efron in The Iron Claw, which is our final nominee. Uh, the Iron Claw is another one that almost went into ensemble, but uh, it's it's when you really get down to like the emotional core of this movie, and when you really get into everything that happened. Without it's one of those. It's without Zac Efron, this movie does like does not hit as hard as it does. No, it like, it does not. Qu- quite honestly, no, yeah, you're like absolutely he, right. Yeah, he is the emotional core of this movie. It's his story. Like, yeah. even though like it's technically the Von Erichs' story, they they focus it on Kevin and Zac Efron. Makes sure to like put in that kind of leading performance. It's like 
it's heartbreaking. It's, you know, it's got emotional depth. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I really hope this takes his career into a, the next level, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Um, he physically, he transformed himself. He looks fantastic in the movie and they make sure yes. to, to show you how good he looks in almost in every shot, you know? Um, uh, and again, as Tex was saying, it's in the viewpoint of Kevin Von Erich. He's the only living Von Erich. Um, and it's, um, he is the anchor here. And the other brothers, yes, they have their stories and stuff, but um, I think without the performance of Efron here, um, it wouldn't be as successful because it always comes back to Kevin, right, in the movie. It always goes back to um, Kevin actually, like, going, hey, listen, like, you know, we're still family. We're still here. We're still doing this, you know? So that was really cool, man. Um, uh, That was really cool to see him... uh, just get all jacked up and be a wrestler for once, you know? And honestly, uh, uh, folks, this is why he gets the the win, you know? He gets I all mean, jacked yeah, up. Right? He becomes a wrestler. Um, and he, you know, he puts out his best performance, I think, as a, as an actor uh, to date. Um, and if, folks, if you haven't seen Iron Claw, I highly recommend it. It is a good movie. It's a heavy movie. Um, but um, especially that ending with Zac Efron, right? Man. Um, yes. We'll, we'll yeah. definitely talk about this more. Uh, yeah. But Zac Efron, you know, congratulations. You, you take home the Goldie for, uh, you know, the thing. And, you know, I, I hope we get to say his name a couple more times, right? Throughout not only this Goldies, but yeah. you know, in the future. In know? the future. We'll he, should, he should definitely do some horror, man. It's been, I don't yeah. think he's done any real horror or anything like that, that, you know, that actually comes to mind, but you know, Efron, good job, buddy. This is all yours. Good this is Goldie. Job. You deserve it. So, uh, moving on, we have a best performance by an actress. Same deal. It's you know, best actress in a thing, right? Uh, Self-explanatory, <laughs> thankfully. And our first nominee is Margot Robbie in Barbie, where you know, where, where we mentioned that Ryan Gosling stole the show as Ken. You don't. You don't have the Barbie without the Barbie, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen. Um. And again, it's something. Uh, it's something along the lines of what were we expecting out of this role, and what we got from her was exactly, I guess, what we needed from this role, right? Um, yes, and, absolutely. And she was fantastic as the Barbie herself, as the plastic version of the toy. She was great, you know. But then as the you know self-conscious version of the barbie she was even better you know this is why you needed a person of her ilk to be able to just cry on cue like that and make it look so impactful you know when you're when you're sitting at a park all of a sudden she's tearing up and you're like god damn like no wonder you know you, you get paid the big bucks miss roby so um yeah, yeah good job i'm getting nominated and, and you know what she's nominated everywhere else so you know um she's been great in other things but you know this one really kind of you know just put her on the map officially 100 percent. yes uh exactly and same uh so mia goth in infinity pool this is uh, another nomination that kind of like infinity pool uh really doesn't make any of the other nominations i will just say that straight out did not make any of the categories but mia goth in this movie like had to be here because not only is it (laughs) yeah not only is it like the thing you remember the most about the movie but it was honestly one of the standout things i remember from the year overall right yeah uh what one thousand percent um she's great man she's She's really, really good at what she does. X doesn't the first one in her trilogy, right? Um, right. X, right? That doesn't show how good she is. Pearl. If you guys like ha- haven't seen Pearl, 
check her check out Pearl just for Mia Goth's performance. Like the story is a little out of whack, but her performance is just like wow, this this girl can act, right? And then you go on um and you you get Infinity Pool and it's like man, it's like okay, she is very versatile. Like it's awesome and I can't wait to see her in Maxine to see this, you know, the end cap of this trilogy to see how it all um goes for her here. Um but yes. I am very excited about her career and uh, what she can do. She's legit a scream queen, honestly. Yeah. Yes. And so the same can be said for Carla uh, Carla Gugino in uh The Fall of the House of Usher, our third nominee. Yes. So The Fall of the House of Usher is one that almost was an ensemble and you know we're going to talk about this again, but it's kind of like it's got so many good stars in it. It's kind of hard to like pinpoint like it it was difficult to pinpoint one actress in in general to like really be like okay, who's the standout here? And Carla Gugino while she's not like prominent throughout the series, they use her well and she makes the most of her time. Yes. And as like the figurehead that makes that shows up throughout the series until later on, we see what her real deal is as a character and she sells it. Like it's just, I don't know. There's something wicked about her performance in this. And it's just, yeah, it's absolutely. very good. Yeah. yeah um, every time absolutely. she's on screen. It's just enjoyable. I agree 1,000%. Um, I think that the show was a success because of her. She did a great job just kind of transforming herself into every role she needed to, you know what I mean, um, to kind of just manipulate this Usher family into kind of doing its thing. Um, and then at the very end, too, when you need her to just be this motherly, kind of humble, kind of, you know, angel of death, you know, she is, you know. Um, yes. And this is why she's on this list. Next up on the list is um, Natalia Solian from Wesera, the Bone Woman. This is a movie that I saw on Shudder and I shared with Tex as just like a very awesome, you know, you know, Latino film, right? Like a very awesome horror um, film uh, made by Latinos for Latinos. There's a lot of culture in there, like a lot of lore and stuff. And, and Natalia, like she just does an awesome job of just being this person here who um, is... They're pushing her to be somebody, but she doesn't want to be that so much. And, you know, so, so much so that she gets these bouts of just kind of psychosis sometimes. And like, you know, yes. it's it's very just it's it's a very good performance that honestly, like if you didn't have her in that movie, um, I don't think it would work at all because it's all driven by her, honestly. Um, one thousand percent. Yeah, one, yeah it, it's all driven by her. Yeah, you get your supporting cast there. That's that's also pretty good. Um, but she does a great job in just kind of being this this character that is just a shell of what her husband wants her to be. She's she's trying to like be free and all this stuff, and she gets into all this crazy horror stuff that uh, I'm not gonna give away. But this is why she's on this list because just that performance, like that's the reason why this movie is even like honestly like the story is good, but it's memorable because of her performance. Yeah, it's it's like the Infinity Pool thing where yeah. it's nominated because of her. Exactly. And this is the only this is the only way the movie gets onto this list in general. And uh so the fifth and final nomination for Best Actress is uh Sophie Wilde in Talk to Me. So yeah. she you know, it's I'm I don't know if she's done stuff before, so I'm just going to say as her big screen debut in like a wide distributed thing, she was incredible. 
Like yeah, she's the agreed. kind of young young actress that we're always looking out for. The kind of actress that like we we want to see this young talent because it means that oh okay we're going to see you in many more things in the future and only get better as you go on. And you know, talk to me. We we talked about its production and why it was nominated for that, but it's Sophie Wilde's performance in the the first like possession scene that really sells the movie yep, because without 1, without her without her possession without that initial possession the movie would not hit as hard as it does and yes. so because of that she's nominated yes agree 100 percent um i rewatched talk to me recently and it is um it still holds up and it's because of her that it holds up um the rest of the supporting cast honestly they're they're good you know what i mean but they're just these kind of very negative characters um that really don't help her situation so she's definitely put in a role where she has to make sure she dominates you know in everything that she does in every scene she is and as tex mentioned she's one of these young actresses that i need to see her in something else because she was so good from um, especially because in Talk to Me, she plays her own foil, which is like, you know, she's she's responsible for everything that happens to her. You know what I mean? And it's yes. those kinds of characters that really stand out in movies, you know, like how um, how you see them just, you know, break down and how they just um, get the, brought up again on their own, how they solve their conflict and all that. It's a it's a very interesting character arc and she pulls it off. Um, completely right Tex yeah and that's why she wins she is the official winner of the Goldie for best performance by an actress so congratulations Sophie Wilde and we hope like yes I love it (laughs) yeah with Zac Efron I hope this is the first of many and uh, so moving so speaking of horror and horror performances the next award is is the toe tag this is the the special one that we give here out at the morgue which is Highlighting all the horror that, you know, Corpse Feed covers, and this is movies, TV, whatever might make this list. Yes, absolutely. Um, So this is – yeah. Yeah, so this is the the, the Toe Tag Award where, as Tex mentioned, it's a Corpse Feed-centric award, and this is pretty much the best of the best uh, out of hundreds of of movies that I've seen throughout the year, you know. Um, And the first one uh, um, goes back to the beginning text the very beginning yes. of 2023 and for the longest time this was the best one on the list for a while yeah yeah yes we kept comparing movies to it uh sick sick was so good just uh, peacock original came out of nowhere and you know used covid as like its main thing and like a lockdown and a slasher and had like and a lot it, it just it was so good that every time a movie came out, we were like, ah, sick was better. And it took it took a long time before we got something else that could compare. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it took so long. Um, we waited, I think, maybe six months. The summertime was when things really heated up. And one of the movies yes. that came out uh, um, in that summertime, I believe it was in August, it was uh, It Lives Inside. Um, uh, yes. It was... It came out of nowhere. Um, the trailer looked straight up, looked like it should yeah, have been on generic. POD. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, looked, okay, why is this super like coming generic. out of theaters? Um, it should be yes. on Shutter or Tubi or Screenbox or something. Why am I going to go to theaters for this? 
honestly. But then when you see it, right? When you see it and you get like yep. a, a practical monster at the end, and you're like, oh, okay, this is why it was in theaters. This is why yes. it was in theaters. Um, and this is why it was nominated because it was such a standout um, in, in every kind of way in terms of horror. It had a nice story that you can just follow. It had a practical monster in it. It had um, uh, great acting by these young kids um in this movie um she was also about to be nominated for performance but it was conversations had and she didn't make the list but again it was a like character driven performance in this one as well along with this freaking monster that came out of nowhere um so um that is why it uh it ended up on this list as well and next another one that came out of nowhere honestly was um uh vhs 85 uh, brought to a uh, brought to us by shutter um they uh released this um in october and uh we were like Let's give it a try because we need some content. And the previous yeah, it VHS turned out to be listen. Yeah, yeah it turned listen. out to be the best one in a long time. In a long yeah. time, because the previous installments of VHS were not that great at all. Honestly, I think this is the best one since part two. Um, and uh, it it holds up, man. Every story is interesting. It's it's unique. Um, they go all out in terms of how everything looks. This was fun. It was a fun anthology to watch. You know how some anthologies, like for instance, ABC's A Death, they kind of just drag you down because they're just so long, you know, that you're like, okay, let's get to Z already, you know? But this one, it was like, damn, these movies are really good. I want another short and another short. Um, so they de they definitely hit it out of the park with this one. And I'm really glad that uh, they were able to gather the talent they did um, to make every single one of these um, shorts in this anthology. Um, I'm just hoping we can see some more from these um, uh, yeah, filmmakers. We'll see right? with the next. Yes. And it's the same case for when evil lurks, the next nominee on this list where, you know, it's, it was another limited release before coming to shutter. And this one's the most brutal movie on this list. And, Probably the most brutal movie of the year. Um, I don't know, Arturo, you might have seen something even more like wild and violent, but like. I've seen some wild shit, but this one is the most evil. Legit. Yeah. This, yeah. It, and when it says evil, it really means evil. And for yeah. that alone, it kind of had to be nominated because it was just doing stuff in horror that hadn't been done last year. And stuff that, you know, I, you know, I was like squeamish about, but also it's like, that's kind of the point, right? It's like, okay, you, you know, this is, this is evil stuff. And for that, it's just, it had to be nominated. Yeah. And uh, kind of like in that same vein of having to be nominated, it's Saw X. So Saw X, you and I, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, I had certain feelings about it that, you know, but in terms of like, kind of had to be nominated saw x reinvented the franchise in a way right it's it's like you know now it's like this revenge thriller and yeah now it's i think they're doing another one already and you know i'm curious to see if they keep that trend going um but it's i don't it's just one of those like it just kind of had to nominate it because it was yeah it was a yeah, franchise film it was a franchise film that succeeded yeah yeah listen like um this is why uh, uh this week also folks at the end of the week i'm uh i'll be releasing the actual corpse feed uh, uh the 2024 toe tag awards right um and i go into depth more about uh, um, all these movies so stay tuned for that um but specifically with saw x i had it um, I didn't even have it originally um, in my best of because um, because as we as text brought up, I enjoyed it. But text brought up a great point when we did the show that didn't 
feel like a Saw movie. And I'm like, that's why it didn't end up on my list. But we put it here because particularly like we're Saw fans. And the fact that it did right. so well in the box office, it re it re-energizes the franchise, honestly. Because after Spiral, dude, we needed something like this to kind of just fuck it. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, folks, uh, Saw X, man, uh, Tobin Bell, I'm glad you're still here and you're still kind of pumping these out, man. So let's keep them coming as we go, right? Yes. And so the final nomination on this list is also, I, I'll just say it straight out, is the straight winner. Up. So, yeah, uh, straight up. Straight up. No tough, no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I had to rewatch to reconfirm my selection that I made the minute after this movie ended. Um, that this yeah. was the best horror movie of 2023. And I stand by it um, every which way. Character, story, um, uh, uh, practical effects, um, you know, CG effects, because there is some CG thrown about there, but it looks so good, you can't even tell. Um, just uh, good independent horror filmmaking um, at its absolute peak. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah. talk and to me. Congratu talk to so me. congratulations <laughs> to Talk to Me. Talk to me, talk to me, man. You yeah, know? so for winning the Toe Tag Awards for yeah. the third annual Goldies, congratulations. Absolutely. And, and folks, let's move it on to the next award, right? Um, the yes. best television show, just to put a disclaimer out there, right? This is a little peek under the sheet. I had a conversation with Tex that I'm a little upset that the strike, unfortunately, had to cut short two shows that for sure would have been on this list. Chucky yes. season three right and invincible yes. season two so hopefully they're good enough that they'll be on this list next year but moving on to the first of our nominees right was uh it's this this one out of nowhere peacock's very own twisted metal right um it came from our you know our childhood this is this show was nostalgic and it was it was campy it was goofy anthony mackie knew exactly what notes to hit in order to kind of sell this thing because he knew he's like okay i, I think i gotta do a little campy comedy shtick over here you know and, yeah and it he worked. was having it worked. he was having fun and yeah. it was because he was having fun and because everyone seemed to be having fun with it like we had fun and it's it, you know the, the episodes are like 30 minutes so they fly yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. And these days you don't get a lot of that, you know. So that's why it's here. It's nominated. It, and so the next one is Fubar. We talked about Fubar with the best ensemble and how it's not really like an Arnold focused series, but it takes like an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Movie Arnold's story. greatest hits, right? It's like Arnold's yeah, greatest yeah. hits, right? It's like let's drop Yeah. You know, get to the chopper over here. Let's drop a little Arnold over here. And all together, it makes a successful show because it's not too much Arnold, right? Um, yes. As you mentioned uh, before, I'm um, in the ensemble portion of the show that um, the cast really helps this kind of be a very watchable, very entertaining show. And this is why we're excited for season two of this one, right? Um, and next up, another season we're excited for, right, is of this show, Amazon's very own Gen V, man. This one was... We didn't know exactly what to expect because we are super big fans of The Boys, which hopefully ends up on this category next year with season four yes. coming out soon, right? Um, and uh, we'll be on that on top of that for you folks for sure. So stay tuned for that one. But Gen V, folks, this one was honestly did not expect it to be this good. Didn't expect it. I didn't expect to be talking about it um, after I watched it 
several months ago. Um, and this is how good this thing was. They did a great job of, of just weaving in um, the boys' lore into it, um, but making sure that it was its own thing. It did a great job also of giving us brand new characters because um, we've seen some wild characters in the boys, right? But they still gave us some yes. new characters with new powers that we haven't seen before. And I, and I thought it was very successful because of that. Yeah, it was, it was rewarding as its own show, but then also with all the little nuggets of the boys making it a little bit better, it's just kind of like, yeah, we had to give it the nom. The same goes for Goosebumps. So this one almost didn't make it. It was it was kind of a toss-up between this one and The Last of Us, which did not make the list. Uh, so, But Goosebumps is here. It beat it out because it's not only like a new version of the classic franchise, it's it does its own thing. Like It's kind of like its yeah. own universe of like you know it's it's a little bit skewed older it's not exactly fear street where it's like very violent and bloody but it's also not not class like it's not goosebumps in that like the threats aren't really there it's got like goofy energy and just it's it just comes together in like a surprising package at the end of yeah the- Agreed. Um, it's a, it's one of those things where you had no clue what to expect because of previous goosebumps, right? Because of yes. the iterations that we are, you know, that we know and we and we kind of love, right? You know, the single episodes about the single items and all that stuff. So this one was super surprising and super fun to watch because they grabbed all those little items and weaved them into this awesome like story and backstory of just the, this town, this person, um, uh, uh this uh, um, house, this basement, you know, like they did a great job of grabbing every little, not, not every, but they grabbed the most of the fun ones, right, Tex? Um, yes. That we know of. And I think they did a great job. This has legs if you just drop it in a different town. Oh, there's a different house with different stuff in it. You know, it yes. can work. This is why it was surprising that it wasn't just like, oh, they were just focusing on one item and then they would go to a next episode. No, it was like one whole you know, darn story. So this is why this thing ended up here on this list. And another one that was unsuccessful and ended up on this list that we were talking before and we get to talk about some more now is Netflix's uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, Mike Flanagan's last um, project for Netflix as well. I think it's his most successful um, in terms of his adaptation. We spoke about this at length in our in our um, episode of Fall of the House of Usher. Go check that one out in the archives, folks, where we just break down every episode and every death and all that stuff. So we're not going to do that here. Go back and listen to that. But we are talking about it here because of just how successful this actually was. I w- Honestly, as a huge Mike Flanagan fan, I was a little worried walking into it because I have not been a huge fan of his gothic work. Um, uh, but this one, man, this one, he knocked it out of the park. He actually... He made it his. You know what I mean? I, I really felt that this time around, yes. he actually made it his. It wasn't just like, oh, let me uh, uh, adapt this and stuff like that. No, let me put some Mike Flanagan modern takes into this story, right? Yeah, and it still felt like Edgar Allan Poe, and yes. it still felt like it still felt like a storybook kind of vibe. Like you still had the high fantasy of that adaptation, but put through the lens of like modern characters who with modern desires and modern like things. Like the you know the Telltale Heart episode was like probably one of the best. Uh, you know the the first death we get in this show is just so like it's so good it kind of like acid bath baby acid bath yeah yes I love it 
Yeah, like it's so good. It kind of like paints a picture of the rest of them where you're like, oh, it's not as good as that one. But that's the impact of it. That's how good of a show it is. It's just like it's got all these different elements of it. And then when it all comes together in the end, you're like, wow, like this was a full and complete adaptation that felt new, that felt like it had life, that felt like it had a creative idea outside of just adapting, right? Like outside of just bringing it to life, it felt like there was a new structure put in place for it. And ultimately, all these strengths are why it gets the win. So, uh, absolutely. Congrats. Yes, 1, congratulations. Yes, yes, 1, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was waiting for. I was like, uh, yeah. congratulations no, to but listen, the fall like, of the house of Usher. But listen, like Texas winning. is absolutely right because not just the ensemble, not just the look of it, not just the direction of everything, but just the fact that we were looking forward to every single episode of this thing um, to see what was going to happen next, which story was going to be part of the, you know, uh, like of the craziness next. And it was, uh, it was fun, man. It was very fun. I'm glad Flanagan went out with a bang, um, there on Netflix. Um, and folks, if you haven't caught the fall of the house of Usher, go watch that on Netflix now. And, uh, and folks next up, right. Is, uh, you know what, you know what text just, uh, just do it. Just do it. Folks, it's time for our feature presentation, right? Here we are, folks. The best movie of 2023, according to your boys here at the morgue, right? The first nominee, right, in a movie we spoke at length about here on the morgue and here today um, is Barbie, right? The movie looks great. It has a great cast to it. It has a great message. A greater... Gearwig did a great job with the direction of the movie, with the script as well. Um, and this is why it lands here. If we can't speak highly enough of Barbie, go back to our episode of um, of the Barbieheimer stuff or the Oppen Barbie, right? And you, yeah. and you can... Uh, you know, you, you can you can hear us talk all about Barbie, but um, Barbie deserves to be in every best movie category this year. It definitely deserves it, one hundred percent. The same goes for Talk to Me. It's nominated for it's our second nominee for best movie. It won the Toe Tag Award. I will have to spoil it and say it does not win this one because it already won its own thing. And but it also it's such a good movie. It kind of deserves to be here with the rest of them. Like it's yeah, it's that good. It's not just a good horror movie. It, it was a great movie. Yeah, agreed. And, and the same thing goes for our next movie, right? Where it's not just a wrestling, right? It's not yes. just um, for wrestling fans. This is a great movie for film fans and for fans of stories, right? The Iron Claw, yeah, folks. Um, yeah, your awesome. your art heads with A twenty four, your Zach Efron lovers, your wrestling exactly. fans. Exactly, it gets your, everyone you know together yeah. in a draft house, pretty much, right? And <laughs> and, <laughs> and it gets and, everyone together to cry, man. Like it just it breaks everybody's hearts. It's, like, it's, it's a great it's, movie. Um, it's a great movie, great film. We've talked about it at length today. We talked about it um, um, on the episode of the Iron Claw as well. Zac Efron was awesome. The whole story put together was just absolutely great. Um, and another story that was absolutely great, right? And was just uh, honestly a breath of fresh air and exactly what we needed in 2023 was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Man, um, we can't say, we can't praise this thing enough, right? Like, yeah, it looks yeah. great. It sounds great. We can't wait to see more of this universe, which we're going to get in shows and TV shows on Nickelodeon and all that stuff. Um, Tex, yeah. I know th- this one was one of your absolute favorites of the year. And yeah, um, like I can see why. Just, absolutely. Yes. Just like Talk to Me, where like it had to be nominated because it wasn't just a good horror movie. It was a great movie. 
Teen- Ninja Mutant Mayhem, like we don't have a separate animation category because we kind of all keep them on the same level. It's like you, we, we score them based on the same. You gotta earn your and, spot at the top. And honestly, yeah, like not only does it beat out every other animated movie we we've seen, it's just like, well, it's better than most of the movies we saw last yeah. year. So and, that's why it's not also to, here. Also, put it out there: Spider Verse was very close, but because was of, close. The, of the incomplete nature of the story, we couldn't put it that, on here. Yeah, then. we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that cliffhanger was that little bit of like it was the splitting hair right it was like uh, that cliffhanger is why we kept it out and yeah, so absolutely. the final nomination for best movie of the year Godzilla minus one you've heard us talk about it at length today you've heard us talk about it in, in our episode about Godzilla minus one it's the best Japanese Godzilla movie in years like quite literally it's the only one it's been since like Shin Godzilla and it puts a lot of the MonsterVerse stuff to shame I will just say that straight out too <laughs> Yeah, um, 100% agreed. Um, they, as I said before, this is why I'm glad I don't have to repeat myself. You can go back and rewind uh, to the archives and stuff and, and check it out. But this was done right. Godzilla done right is exactly what we need to see. And I'm so glad um, it came to the States so f- as fast as it did um, in terms yeah. of like release because um, – it did well in the box office here as well, and you know, like in terms of international movies, yeah, um, it's still went doing to see well. It. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's doing so well that they're doing like a black and white version of it that's hitting theaters for like a week as a special event, and you see, yeah. that just goes to show you that like, yo, like this was a big, this was a huge deal, and it, it's kind of like it's so huge and it's bigger than everything else we've seen last year that our, our Tarot and I talked about this quite a bit. Like, but I think at the end of the day, we, we kind of hit this winner just immediately. Like we were like, yeah, we talked about it just to be sure, but yeah. we were both like settled on Godzilla minus one. Congratulations. You are the yeah. winner for best movie of yeah. 2023 at the Honestly, third angle. Like, yeah. Honestly, guys, go back to the episode. I say, like, the script is pretty darn perfect, man. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, beats hitting all the proper, like, beats in every act. Um, the cast was put together incredibly well. Godzilla looks fantastic. The atmosphere looks great. Everything yeah. is just extremely, extremely, extremely well done to the highest peak of filmmaking in terms of blockbusters and just 1000 percent if if you're like adverse even a little bit like if you're like adverse to like japanese language films for whatever reason like you you're doing yourself a disservice not to see it yeah agreed folks it's that good agreed go pay for this thing we say it in our show we were saying it again go pay for godzilla minus one folks the winner of best movie of 2024 um actually the 2024 winner actually the winner of the 2024 uh uh goldie is godzilla minus one folks go pay for that thing and folks that's a wrap you know, we did it. You know, th- this was it. Episode 177 of The Morgue. Thank you so much for listening. A big shout out goes to um, uh, uh, myself, Arturo Padilla, the guy behind the face. A big shout out goes to Tex for putting all this together. Thank you so much for keeping us nice and, uh, you know, and and working there, Tex. Um, we had a great year. Thank you to you guys. Go watch all these movies. A big shout out goes to Del Virus for the artwork. A big shout out goes to you guys for listening, folks. We have 100 and 
75 of these, 76 of these things in the archive for you guys. Anywhere you get your podcast, please go like, subscribe, and share them. Please go watch us on YouTube when this show drops um, live at 420. Like, share, subscribe, comment, send us emails at feedmailbag at gmail.com. We're, we're happy to listen to everything you guys have to say. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, folks, remember, it's a scary world out there, but we are here to walk you through it.